0: Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're joined by Jamie Bauer and Little Bauer. Hello. Hi. Um, And Mrs. Bauer was last with us in episode 29, talking about going from being a Montessori teacher, a trained guide at the birth to three age... And what that's like translating into parenthood. And so a lot of time has passed. Mm -hmm. It's been about four months. Little Bauer's a lot bigger now. She is. (laughs) And we're ready for a next stage in her life. We're ready for some baby-led weaning. And so today we're talking with Mrs. Bauer and Little Bauer about baby-led weaning. So what is baby-led weaning?
1: You... Follow your baby's cues, and as they show signs of readiness to try exploring solid foods, you allow them the experience to feel and touch and smell and taste table foods with you. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect.
0: And so weaning. So we're moving away from a primarily liquid diet, whether that's breast milk or formula. And why would you do that for
1: nutritional reasons? So when babies are inside of you, they store up certain amounts of different nutrients like iron. And around six months, those stores start to deplete. And so it's good to start introducing iron-rich foods, calcium-rich foods, Mm -hmm. all the healthy kind of foods to help slowly build up those stores because they're not going to run out until a year but okay the more practice you can get before a year the better Fantastic. the better it'll go
0: yeah and so what are you said when a child starts showing signs of readiness mm-hmm. this is one of those great practical moments of following the
1: child yep. so following the child in real life what are those signs of readiness so first and foremost you want your child to be sitting independently. And with little bower, she can sit by herself. She can't get herself into a seated position, but when she's sitting, she doesn't topple over. Okay. And it was funny to watch because we we were so eager to get started that when she was sitting with a little bit of assistance, we're like, oh, we'll give her some <laughs> taste." And there was just no interest there. She, Interesting. she wanted to maybe look at it and feel it, but like mm-hmm. the concept of eating it didn't mm-hmm. really translate. And then it seemed like as soon as she could sit independently, then those... Just those skills that she needed Mm -hmm. came hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Another sign that we look for is your baby watching mom and dad eat at the table or like if Your baby sitting on your lap and you're bringing food to your mouth. They also open their mouth like, oh, this is for me. Sure. And reaching for your food or your drink. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's one of those mimicry pieces. Yeah. The same development that taught them how to start watching mouths and tracking Mm -hmm. mouths in order to mimic mouth movement for speech. Yes. Mimicking mouth movement for nutrition. Yeah. So that's fantastic. And what age was baby Bower, when this started to happen?
1: Right about six months.
0: Six months. And yep. what, is there a range of when we might see readiness for this stage?
1: Yeah. Most babies are going to be around six months. Mm-hmm. Some families need to wait for that sitting piece until seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. And if your baby's got all of the signs, then like five months is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Just yeah. A month is a long time when you've only been here for six of us Yes,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> Perfect. What were some foods that that she started with?
1: So we started with sweet potatoes. That was the first thing. And that was some, like a mild success. Uh-huh. And then avocados we've tried. Okay. And since then, she's had exposure to a lot of foods. Different soft fruits like bananas or pears. <laughs> it's
0: making faces.
1: <laughs> we've tried some eggs. She loves to like gnaw on a hard piece of bread, which... Feels good for those little teeth that are coming in. Yep. Um, And that doesn't... She doesn't really eat the bread, but, you know. Yeah, just different fruits and veggies. Mostly she really loves chicken and turkey. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. A wide variety. Yes. And so
0: it sounds like a lot of those things in common are Mm texture-based. There's a lot of soft, easily digestible foods, as well as some nice crunchy things to help with Mm -hmm. other physical development that's happening of developing a teething process and all of that. But at this point, are you introducing foods to, at six months, be supplementing nutritional needs? No. It's primarily to help with learning how to eat.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. So the foods that are appealing and are good for learning the process help to be successful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And so those are, those sound like initial good foods. So sweet potatoes, uh, avocado, eggs, nice stuff to eat. Mm -hmm. Those also really sound like foods that I would eat. Exactly. Yeah. And so you didn't mention any any purees, any baby nope. food or anything.
1: Everything is served to the baby kind of like in a finger shape. So okay. something she can hold on to okay. and have a firm grasp on it as well as getting it to her mouth and mm-hmm. able to like gum off or whatever she can with the part that's exposed. Mm-hmm. So it's very independent. Yep. not Not foods that come on a spoon to her. Exactly. Yep.
0: Perfect. And so when you make yourself a meal, yeah, what are you doing for her?
1: Our goal, it's been really good for us to look at what we're eating and to say like, ooh, there's nothing in this meal that we could serve our child. That mm-hmm. means like maybe we need to be doing a little bit better for ourselves too. Yeah. And so we have tried to plan our meals and have it so that no matter what we're eating, there's just something that she can have also and not have to mm-hmm. do something like separate or extra for her. Mm-hmm.
0: So separate or extra, that sounds like you're looking for not only what kind of food, are there tools or accessories or or anything that a parent would need to purchase in order to be ready to do this?
1: No, it's just what you're eating, which is so good and so convenient.
0: Yeah. yeah. So is she sitting on your lap?
1: It depends. If we're out at a restaurant, like we go out for Saturday breakfast, Uh then she'll sit on my lap. But at home, she has a high chair Mm -hmm. and it would be so ideal to have like a small table that she could be supported at mm-hmm. and have food accessible on her small table. Mm-hmm. We just need to get on top of that.
0: Yeah. For a family meal, for instance, if your family decides to sit down to eat dinner mm-hmm. together, if you had that small table available to mm-hmm. her, would you have her join you at a big table or would you have her sit at her own table while big people are sitting at a big table during that shared family experience? Yeah, I think
1: the right answer would be that she would have her own table and we would have our table. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's also something to be said about the communal aspect of eating. And for right now, I think it is helpful for her to see us eating and to see us experiencing food alongside her. Yeah. And so maybe when she hits a little bit more of that independent piece... Yeah. ...of being able to serve herself and... Sure. ...actually eat the foods rather than just experiencing them... Sure. ...then I think a small table would be just fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so it's it's not either or. It's both. Yeah. yeah. But because food is a cultural community Mm -hmm. experience for us. It's part of our human experience. But we also do want to recognize that children are eating on a different schedule, Mm -hmm. whereas adults might eat three meals a day Mm -hmm. or a snack on the go. Children might be eating multiple small meals. And so to have those kinds of things ready when they are of a small plate that they can be successful with and when it's a snack time or a meal that your child is eating privately or even that snack that they need yep. before you sit down as a family for Absolutely. dinner just because of those different nutritional needs or different tummy schedules, that that space is available for them yep. at that small table and chairs versus um, then when we're having that group experience that they can participate in conversation even when there's only babbling happening. Yep. And so why why don't you include baby food, purees, things like that.
1: So it is said to help with the development of the tongue, the mouth, the everything involved in digestion. Sure. This process of letting a child experience food from the front of their mouth to the back of their mouth mm-hmm. follows their natural development, mm-hmm. which is kind of something we do in Montessori. We don't give them something they're not ready for in terms of grasping mm-hmm. or in terms of cognition. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with spoon-feeding a child, but that neglects the the front part of their tongue and their mouth. And it's teaching them that when something comes to the back of their mouth, they swallow. Mm-hmm. Whereas we spend a lot of our meal with pears being gagged out because Ugh. sometimes it gets a little bit too far back. And yeah. so her body's teaching her, this could be dangerous. Yeah. Let's get it back out. Yeah. And so it's just following... A more natural path for them. Sure.
0: Yeah. Sure. So if something were pureed and smooth, that's a skill really that she's already mastered. Yeah. You know, with already having been on a purely liquid diet for six months. She knows how to do that. And so this is the natural next step. And so what are some benefits to baby-led weaning
1: yes so there are so many independence first and foremost and we like that being a Montessori family Mm -hmm. she's able to feed herself and decide when she's done Mm -hmm. so there's no pressure for her to eat or to continue eating she just gets to decide if it looks good or if it looks interesting and yeah that
0: that... sounds like a lifelong exactly you know those of us who still you know if there's food on the plate you eat it or you're not really in touch
1: with your body yep And so I love that piece of it, and it is said to help promote better appetite control so a child can decide when their belly is full Mm -hmm. and they're able to put their food down and say, I'm done, where I don't necessarily have that all the time. Yeah. Especially if there's cookies available. Yep, Yep. Dexterity is good, so they're getting practice holding different things and holding on to different things. Yep, hand to mouth. Yep.
0: Yeah so good nutrition. So yes. we're not focusing on nutrition right away, mm-hmm. but there will be that goal where at some point they're not getting most of their nutritional needs met from that from that liquid-based diet. Exactly. So when we get there, you're already ahead of the game. Exactly. You and already know how to do this. Yep.
1: And hopefully the exposure to healthy foods young means yep. a love of healthy foods
0: older. Yeah, these things taste good. Yeah. Wonderful. What kind of resources are there for families?
1: Yeah, there are several blogs, websites, mm-hmm. um, articles online. But the mm-hmm. book that we, my husband and I, have been reading is called Baby Led Weaning. Okay, and and that's um, by Gil Rapley and Tracy Marquette. Yes. and
0: th- for those of you who are reading along with us on the blog, um, we will include a link to that. Yeah, and so this this phrase baby led weaning um, is not a Jamie Bauer phrase. No, that's a common common phrase that families could. Type into a search, or ask their pediatrician, or absolutely uh, midwife, anyone else who's involved in um, helping them raise this child and and get some good resources. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. We can't wait to hear more progress about how this is going. All kinds of good stories, and it's wonderful to hear along the way of how this process of hypothetical Mm -hmm. child-in-theory is translating into life-at-home real-life practice. so fun. Thank you. So thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Speaking of babies, we have a webinar coming up on Saturday, April 8th at 10 a.m. Central Time. And if you're listening, we really hope you'll join us. We'll be using Facebook Live, have a short presentation, and as always, we're happy to answer questions. So we really hope you'll join us in that webinar on April 8th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Until next time.